Cape Talk. A worldview from London with Adam Gilchrist. Uh, good morning, Adam Gilchrist, with a worldview from London. Let's start um, in Gaza. Uh, a mm. deadly attack on a refugee camp. Dozens of people killed in the Jabalia refugee camp in Gaza. Yeah, there was this suggestion that there was a, a legitimate target nearby or in the camp. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus, spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, has talked about how they uh, have killed a Hamas commander, collapsed a Hamas underground structure. It was a legitimate target, he says, and Israel had warned people in the camp to move south. They're refugees in a camp. Where do they go? There's not another camp they can go to in the south. Anyway, the Hamas-run health ministry and a hospital doctor say at least 50 people were killed. There have been some reports, actually, maybe double that number, but certainly unconfirmed. Uh, And pictures from the scene show there's enormous craters and level buildings and i mean it absolutely looks like it's been bombed to smithereens and a doctor who's working nearby says it's all been overwhelming the camp is in northern gaza it's an area where israel's told people to leave does that explain it excuse it i wonder if this particular incident is going to change a few hearts and minds we know there are plenty of world leaders and, and important ones joe biden for instance who are four square behind israel what about the rest of us when when we see this it's it's difficult to argue isn't it mm. and then you you raised this 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 conversation yesterday with a mm. with a an anti-semitic attack and protest at an airport in russia but in france uh jewish people there uh, say they're living in fear because of a sudden and alarming rise in anti-semitism Yes, they've documented 820 latent anti-Semitic attacks. Only France can categorize as latent. I mean, in other words, they were anti-Semitic attacks of various kinds um, uh, since uh, October the 7th. So since it all began in Israel and Gaza, uh, in Jewish homes on the outskirts of Paris, there have been stars of David appear marking homes of Jewish families. Oh, my word. Now, there's a chilling direct reminder of the Holocaust, the idea that somehow you identify Jews, stick stars on. Ah, swastikas have also been sprayed next to Mm. synagogues and other Jewish institutions. Students publicly harassed outside Jewish schools in Paris, for instance. Uh, Parisians have taken to social media. They've called it all disturbing, distressing, an insult to history and democracy. But I have to say, the number of anti-Semitic attacks, for instance, where I live in London, anti-Semitism and the various incidents have increased by sevenfold in the last three weeks. And at the same time, Islamophobia incidents have also increased more than doubling. So it's just bringing out the worst, isn't it, all of this? Mm. Yes, completely. And then finally, the, the future of football World Cups, it's like a little bit like... The Olympics, like the Commonwealth Games, fewer and fewer countries want to put in bids for mass events which run over a once-off period and then it's done. We had 
um, mm. I think it was the state of Victoria in in um, in Australia who said they did not want and they were re- rescinding their bid for the Commonwealth Games. But now right, Australia yeah. says it's actually withdrawing its bid for um, the Football World Cup, which means, I think it's in th- 2034, which means Saudi Arabia as the sole bidder for the th- 2034 World Cup. They automatically get the 2034 World Cup. I think it speaks to the bigger problem of Fewer and fewer countries wanting to bid for these single once-off mega-events. Well, that's certainly true. Uh, But I think that's only half of it. That countries feel that, uh, can they afford it? That they have the infrastructure? Let's be honest, Saudi Arabia can afford it, but doesn't have the infrastructure, Mm -hmm. even with the growth of their smaller clubs. So Saudi Arabia getting the 2034 World Cup, essentially they've got 12 years to go from zero to a Mm fully-fledged Uh, infrastructure tournament they don't have automatic say rugby grounds or cricket grounds they can convert after all but the other half of the story is that australia was a bidder for 2034 but pulled out and according to an interview i've heard because they were told they weren't likely to get it so there was no point in going Mm. through the process that fifa had already had a nod and a wink in the direction of saudi arabia Mm. and that sort of nod and a wink thing is the problem no transparency deals done behind closed doors um for us of course in, in in this part of the world it means another winter world cup with enormous disruption to all the European football leagues and others. Uh, also, going to another country with a terrible human rights record, that seems to make no difference. Just let's hand huge tournaments to China, Russia, Qatar, and now Saudi Arabia. Um, and also, I mean, given that the 2026 World Cup is taking place in the US, Mexico, and Canada, what happened to the traditional footballing world? Are we all just been completely binned? I'm just going to say right now that everyone else has had the Blooming World Cup, but England since 1966. And 1966 <laughs> is a faded memory, let's be honest. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while that it comes home It's going to be a while. General. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Gilchrist, looking forward to chatting to you tomorrow on The World